0: Welcome to another episode of Somos Mas. Uh, as you can tell, there's a different voice that usually starts the podcast as we are without our fearless leader on the podcast, Seth Pitoff, who's currently enjoying uh, some time away with the family that I think we can all say as much needed. Uh, on tonight's episode, though, me and Earl still got you covered. We're still here. We're going to wrap up uh, a crazy weekend of March Madness that saw both of us tearing up our brackets probably within the first five minutes. Um, then we've got a little bit to talk on in my next uh, talk on about New Mexico United, obviously, since that is the main focus of our podcast. And we finally had live soccer in the state of New Mexico uh, to go watch against another team. So Earl was fortunate enough to attend that. So he'll kind of see what he saw, talk about what he saw on the ground. Uh, I attended the media the day, the day before. So I'll talk about that uh, just a little bit. And then uh, some news and notes if we think of anything. And then we'll we did get a small glimpse of what the first month of New Mexico United regular season will look like. So we'll dive into that and break it down a little bit. And uh, then hopefully we'll have the schedule out here in, I don't know, uh, another week or so. We'll have the rest of the schedule. So with that, I'll bring in Earl. Earl, we kind of touched about March Madness and and how insane it was. Uh, I, I think we both determined that we know nothing about March Madness this year or college basketball this year uh, is that pretty safe to assume?
1: Yeah. So this this whole week, so since the last time we recorded last week to this week, has been insane. Um, so we watched number fifteen Oral Roberts take down number two Ohio State. We watched we watched uh, Loyola beat seth's team georgia tech so i'm assuming that's why he's not on here today is he's actually on oh, yeah, vacation? Sure. he's probably out crying somewheres
0: that's um, that's probably true
1: we also watched loyola chicago beat illinois we watched oregon state beat oklahoma we watched syracuse beat west virginia
0: and then oregon state beat somebody else and they're going to play i think it was oklahoma state in the second round And now they're going to the sweet 16. I think we had, so what was, what I thought was funny was when we got on last week and we were talking about podcast or talking about our brackets, I joked about having six double digit seeds in my sweet (laughs) 16 and we almost got there. Like, I think we ended up with four, but, uh, there was a a chance for two more, uh, on Monday and it didn't happen. But uh, trust me, when that happened, I was like, man, I, I predicted six. Double digit seeds, but still fours four maybe about normal, but it's just the way we got there that felt weird.
1: So the other wild part is throughout this whole week, you somehow managed to lose just a mustache.
0: I did. I did. It's still I mean, it's it's still technically there. What happened is I grew more hair and then now it looks more like a goatee again (laughs) instead of just instead of just like a a. A creepy mustache. So, I, I, I knew that that would disappoint you, Earl, and I, I apologize. Uh, I will send you a picture of just me with the mustache for you to put as your screensaver. Because I know that that's what you were looking forward to tonight.
1: So, I actually almost used that for your ID. I almost did.
0: You totally should, by the way. You totally should. <laughs> I considered other- it, but then... Go ahead.
1: But then when I got out there to the to the match on Saturday, I mean, David Carl knows who I am. David Carl probably knows who you are. Mm-hmm. So he literally called me up and signed me out and st- walked me in.
0: Yeah, I talked to him about it uh, on the media day as today. Hey, Earl's going to be the one that's here tomorrow. What does he need? He said, just a photo ID, even though I know who he is. And uh, he'll have to sign this and I'll show him where he can and can go. I was like, yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, so back to back to Mark's madness and the craziness that was Jacob's mustache. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at my screen now. I don't see anything other crazy that happened, minus the Oral Roberts and Loyola Chicago. Um, I would not mind seeing a Loyola Chicago and Oral Roberts in the Final Four.
0: <laughs> I, I- – I legit can see Chicago Little Chicago making it. Like nobody else in their bracket is like, "Oh my gosh, it's a powerhouse. They already took out Illinois." I mean, I thought I had Illinois in my championship game. So, so I could see them getting there. Oral Roberts, uh, eh, that'll be a little tougher. Uh, eh, yes,
1: yeah, so Oral Roberts still has to go through Arkansas. Um, and Baylor, which, presumably. Which which you, you heard it here first. So I am a terrible gambler. And I'm pretty bad at it. Um, I'm also a sucker for sucker bets. One of the guys in my office, actually the only other guy in my office, decided to, well, first off, let me backtrack. He bet me a beer on the Colorado-Florida State game which is a number 4 Florida state, number 5 Colorado. I watched Colorado take down Georgetown with ease. So I put my money or my beer on Colorado. Jokes on me. Colorado That's not a Colorado. bad bet though. I, mean, I know that it wasn't, wasn't a bad That wasn't
0: Yeah. That wasn't that like was, you going
1: Oh, it, it gets worse don't worry it does get worse so I bet my I put my beer on Chicago on Colorado and they lost 71 to 53. okay I expected a closer match at least worth the beer that I had to give away um so then this morning the guy walks in the office starts bragging about being thirsty I tell him where the beers at No. Nope. No big deal, I'll pay up the bet, no problem. Wait, wait.
0: Wait, he... pause. 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 You told him where the beer was at in the office? The beer was in the office. Is that what I got out of that? Okay. That's exactly All what right. you got out of that. Okay, I just wanted to make so, sure.
1: <laughs> so, carrying on. Uh he then walks over to my desk and says, Hey, I want to place another bet with you, another beer. Okay, let's do this. Which mat? which game? He decided to throw an Arkansas Oral Roberts game at me.
0: And you took Oral Roberts, didn't you? You Of course I did. did. (laughs) Like, you don't get odds on that? Like, if you win, you get two beers. If he wins, he gets one beer because they're such big underdogs? Or is it just straight up even? Do you even know how betting works, Earl?
1: (laughs) I literally watched Oral Roberts beat Ohio State and Florida. On um, mm-hmm. back-to-back days. Mm-hmm. I put my money on Oral Roberts to take down Arkansas.
0: You understand that there's a reason <laughs> they were a 15 happen? seed. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not <laughs> going to happen. I'm not saying that crazier things have happened. I mean, 2021, we've officially, like, it's it's been known that 2020 said, hold my beer. When we all said it couldn't get worse than 2020. So, or t- couldn't get crazier <laughs> than 2020. So, uh, anything can happen. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that they're 15 seed for a reason. And yes, they did put together two great games. We also saw Florida Gulf Coast do this a couple years ago. And make it to the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed. So, it's not unprecedented. Um, but, I oh don't know. We'll see. I mean Arkansas really hasn't looked super great and I'm relatively sure you no know, in fact let me let me double check this but I I want to say that I'm I was reading earlier the ESPN had reseated the 16 remaining teams and I think they might have seeded Oral Roberts over Arkansas but I, I I'm not 100% sure don't quote me on that I'm in the process oh, of looking it. it up now, but uh, let me see. Let me see. So they have Gonzaga as number one, obviously. Mm-hmm. Baylor as number one. Michigan as number one or number two and number three. So that's basically, they stayed at the top. No big deal. Right. Then they had Alabama. Then they had La Jolla, La Loya, Chicago at number five, which I thought was number pretty five. cool. Villanova at 6, Florida State at 7, Syracuse at 8, Houston at 9. Okay, so they had Arkansas at 10 and Oral Roberts at 11. So they see them as right there next to each other. So who knows? Who knows? Crazier things have happened. All I know is that this is by far the worst bracket I have ever done. I have six of the remaining teams alive. That's it. Just six. I do have my national championship still in there, and I have my Final Four minus Illinois still alive. I think so. Picking the winners, I still might have a chance, but for the most part, I did absolutely terrible.
1: Oh yeah, I I lasted a whole four hours, and then as soon as Ohio State lost to Oral Roberts in overtime. I pretty much said, eh, there it goes.
0: See, that one I wasn't really that upset with, because I was like, yeah, that, I mean, 97 people, 97% of people had or Ohio State advancing. And so I was like, eh, that's crazy. Whatever. What, what killed me was that, just like in all the close ones, like in all the 8-9 matchups, I was wrong. In all the 7-10 matchups, I was wrong. In the 5-12 matchups, upsets that almost everybody predicts i predicted some and the ones that i predicted were wrong and the ones that i predicted the five seed to win lost so it was just every single turn i was like oh um that sucked oh that sucked oh that sucked
1: yeah and it, like i said there was the stupidest first two rounds opening weekend that i've ever watched To the point where I even turned off the TV because I could not watch anymore. (laughs) The one game that I watched the entire time was the Virgin Mary sister beating Illinois.
0: (laughs) That was a good game. That was was a really
1: good game. They had a really good game. It was well played. And I was not surprised. Um, I was surprised at the difference of score. But I'm not surprised that Loyola beat him.
0: See, so I, I predicted like four. I think I predicted six upsets, like double-digit seed upsets, and I got one right. <laughs> and it, it was the, it was the year of upsets. There were upsets everywhere you looked, except yeah. for the ones that I picked.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good weekend. If you wanted upsets, it was a really really good weekend for that. Uh, if you wanted to get pissed off and tear up your bracket, that was also a really good weekend for that.
0: Well, at, at at some point I think everybody that fills out a bracket will at some point everybody goes, Okay, my bracket's busted. I'm just rooting for chaos now. I think that point just came way early <laughs> this year. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I think mine was when Laloya and Illinois started playing. I was just like screw it. I have Illinois as my ch- tied or in my championship game, but I want them to lose this game. I want chaos now. So, that I will say I still think Gonzaga is going to be the winner. I don't think that changes. I think they've played the best basketball by anybody. They have the easiest road to the final 4. Who knows what they'll face when they get to the final 4. I'm I like their chances.
1: Well even at that, they I'm trying to look now real quick. So this past or this coming week is sweet sixteen. So they have to play a five C and then they would have to play either a one or a four or a two and eleven to get to the championship.
0: Mm-hmm. Well they so they play Creighton this year. Or this they play Creighton in the Sweet Sixteen and then 2 days later they will play either USC who's a 6 seed or Oregon who's a 7 seed one of those two uh they both or, or USC and Oregon have both looked fairly competent well i can't really say that for Oregon cuz they only played the one game and i was
1: about to say you you picked vcu didn't you
0: no i had oregon i but i did have kansas going over usc but um like, USC dismantled Kansas. So, who knows? Uh, but I, I still like Gonzaga's chances there. Michigan has has a, a fairly chalk uh, div, or region there, with UCLA being the only kind of wild card. But other than that, they've got the two and the four seed that they're playing against. Baylor's got Arkansas or Oral Roberts after they play Villanova. So... The, what's crazy is that midwest you have an eight a twelve an eleven and a two seed remaining down there so all chaos reigned down there but um i'm still excited for it like i i mean i missed it last year we didn't have it uh, it's chaos it's a little different than usual i don't do you know why they started it Friday instead of thursday was it just because covid or is that like a new thing because i hated it Watching college basketball on Monday was weird.
1: Yeah. I think it was to keep all the teams together, kind of like a bubble situation. So, yeah, so COVID, I think, was the reason because you had the first four teams playing, what, on Thursday?
0: Yeah, they played Thursday.
1: March 18th. So, yeah, so the first four teams played Thursday. Game started Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday, Monday was... Second round, the second round. um just—I think they're off. trying. I think they're trying everything they can to stick to that April um national championship game, which is weird that they're doing a national championship game on a Monday again.
0: They always do that. That hasn't changed. It's—it's it's always been Saturday, Monday for the Final Four, and then the national title game. Yeah, that is
1: always on Sunday.
0: No, it's it's almost always on Monday. I'm almost positive, the it just the first two rounds or the first two weekends changed to Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. But I don't know why they did it. But oh well, it it was weird. Hopefully they don't do it again next year. But I'm still looking forward to it. And uh, we didn't see any buzzy buzzer beaters though, which was a little disappointed. We saw some that were uh, close, but but not I, quite.
1: No. I take that back. There was one, you can call it a buzzer beater, but it wasn't at the buzzer. It was with one second left. That was. I know the, who you're talking about. The Texas game. Yeah. Texas Abilene Christian. They're at yeah. the line. Texas was up by up by one, and then yeah,
0: Abilene made the two free throws. They
1: fouled and made two free throws at the one second line at the one second mark.
0: See, that's. That's not exciting at all, being free throws. So, we yeah. didn't get that, oh my goodness, one second left and somebody hits a big three to tie it or something like that. Actually, I, I think we I might think, have had a three to tie it, late, but either I way. I think we'll
1: see more this coming weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about this week's matchups. so. I ain't got anything to add on March Madness, yeah. though. So, if we want to move on, let's do that. I'm not about these let's smooth segues. I just... These smooth segues so, um, that Seth comes up with. I don't understand.
1: So did we talk last week about Richard Patino?
0: Yes, I think. See, this is where we need Seth, guys, because he, he like knows these things. He listens to the podcast after we talk about it, so so he remembers. But I'm almost positive we did. Because I remember being nonchalant about it. And, oh, you, yeah, and okay. were, you and Seth were you and Seth were more into it than i was so he was actually here he's in town i saw him take pictures at the pit so it's official i think i think we yeah because i even looked up what he made i think it was a six year deal. Mm deal and then somebody five million it's something like that yeah maybe six maybe a million a year i don't know but all uh, i
1: know is let's pray to every god that anyone believes in that rick patino agrees to come into the pit
0: For a game to play against us? That'd be cool.
1: Because that was the first text that Richard got was, hey, how about a Iona New Mexico game in Vegas?
0: Why in Vegas? I think Rick's Rick's scared of the pit is what's going on there.
1: So that's exactly what uh, I think it was Ron Burke from KOAT. I'm pretty sure he's the one that asked, why would he go to Vegas and play? Is Rick afraid to come into the pit? And yeah, Richard being Richard being the competitor that he is, I really like the guy. He says, look, I can't answer that question, but yes, he is. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so I yeah. like this new Richard Patino coach. It'll be nice to have some kind of fire going into the Lobos. Hopefully it surmounts to something.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Only time will tell
1: anyways let's let's get to what we actually talk about here soccer
0: yeah let's get to this weekend so Friday uh, they had a media day which is basically just it's a day for the media to go and and see a very little bit of practice and then uh, talk to some players and coaches at a press conference like we do after the games and um, yeah it, you guys couldn't make it I at the very last minute said all right i'm gone uh so i took the day off drove from seven o'clock to ten o'clock to Las lunas got up in the morning went to that and then drove back and then got in a car and drove to las cruces so it was a it was a busy weekend but uh i thought it was worth it like um seeing a soccer practice at that level was fun um they did some cool stuff i Saw some stuff, got some pictures. I uh, talked to some people, then interviewed. I think it was Kalen, Rivas, and Dev, and then a little bit after that, uh, Coach and Troy came up there. Uh, but it was a good time there. And it's a press conference, so they're not super candid, but um, it was. It was just. It felt good to see people and talk to people and. And it felt like normalcy was coming. And then that led right into a soccer game with fans in New Mexico um, that you were fortunate enough to go to. So, you know, we watched, I watched the feed uh, and it was rough, uh, to say the least. Uh, the announcing was spot on. Um, Tyler always does a great job. And then they would cut to Spanish and I had no idea what he was saying but I was fully engaged, uh, to what Manny (laughs) was saying. So he had me going, we scored a goal and he was there and he got, he went crazy, which is what I wanted. So, um, so that part was awesome, but the video quality was questionable and then the angle was kind of questionable. So, so as far as what I could see, there wasn't a whole lot. So I'm going to defer to you and what your takeaways were, um, having been there being there live and seeing a little bit better than i could and see if that kind of matches up with what i thought i saw anyways
1: so before i touch on that part before i touch on the media aspect of it i'm gonna go and be the fanboy that i am yeah because that's what that's what i want it was the greatest feeling in the world I can almost be willing to compare it to my wedding day. Ooh, Ooh. It, it was being...
0: Your wife, your wife doesn't listen to this, right?
1: It's all right. She doesn't listen to this stuff, and she's probably okay. already all asleep. Right, good. Good, yeah, good,
0: right. good.
1: Good thing I don't have good thing <laughs> I have these on. I can't hear her stomping in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I am willing to say it was up there in the level of my wedding day, of pulling up to Mesa del Sol. And you see the crazy freaking curse flags just flying in the wind. Because it was a super windy day that day. It was. It was not a calm wind day. It was not a calm day at all. Um, You pull up and instantly you get goosebumps. Because for the first time in, I think it was 472 days at the time. I was not mind. counting. It was, it was a lot of days. I know that much. Um, For the first time in over 365, that's for sure there was a tailgate party and there was beer and there was food and there was fans waiting to go in. And then you walk up and you talk to David Carl. I got my press pass. I got everything I needed. Went back to the tailgate because that's where all the fun was happening (laughs) and met up with long lost friends. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Friends like Sombrero man friends like one of our own still Rachel and little miss. And that's all before we got to the game.
0: Yeah. And, and talk about, uh, I I was having so much, the whole, the only reason why I decided to go to media day is because I was having so much FOMO about Saturday <laughs> that I was like, I have to like, I have to do something United related this weekend since I can't go to the match. So, so it, just like you were saying like to go and see the people that I was seeing in the media up in the media the first year like uh JJ Buck uh mm-hmm. Tyler I didn't really see Tyler up in the up top too much but Tyler Ortega um you know see Peter and and David Carl and and coach and all that like the feelings that you get were, it was just like yes, I got yeah, I had, and that so was just, much... and that was just to watch. And that was just to watch a practice. That was just to watch a practice. It wasn't even fans or anything like that. And that's what I fed off at the games. Most was the fans. So, so to see, to, to hear you talk about that experience with the tailgate and seeing these long lost friends that, that we made over a year ago, because we didn't see them hardly at all last year. Like, there were some of us that there some of you guys that were lucky enough to go to the inner squad scrimmage uh that was supposed to be played against Colorado Springs but then got changed to an inner squad scrimmage at the last minute that was the last live soccer that we were able to watch United play in the state and it was against each other so i don't think i've seen rachel since probably i guess the playoff game when we play or the the the, when we clinched the playoffs against Las Vegas, I, I, well, actually I know I saw her cause I met her and little miss and Tony Soler uh, for lunch before, the day before Tony left to go out of town. So, um, but still it's been a long time, a super long time. So to hear you talk about that, that I, we're going to talk about the home opener, and the season opener and a little bit of the schedule later. But that gets me so freaking jacked for for that home opener at the lab. And then also, not only that, but we have two more preseason matches here that should have fans as long as everybody does their, takes care of their business and doesn't spread COVID. We should have fans at those, and we should have media at those, and I should be able to go to at least one of them. So, man, I can't wait.
1: So I was super impressed with how the club did it with the whole pod and mm-hmm. don't jump pods. Don't do this. Don't do that. Um, pick up your own trash. You were given a trash bag, so pick up your own trash. We're not pretty much. We're not your parents. Um, right. I was super impressed with how they did it. Lucas Cash on the on the PA was incredible. Um, Hyatt as a DJ always incredible. Um, seeing Peter and getting to talk to him for a little bit and some of the insight that he has going on. For the for the lab here in a couple weeks, um, for what he wants to do with Mesa del Sol, just stuff like that is just it's incredible with what the club has going, and having I guess the biggest thing was having fans there, having fans and the club after the match, doing what the club does, knowing that they're for the community, did a victory lap around Mesa del Sol and thanked every fan that showed up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this like, was after two, one loss.
0: And, the, and that's what I was about to say is the soccer seemed so secondary to everything yeah. else, even from even watching at home. Like I found myself like they'd be panning back and forth. And I was trying to watch soccer a little bit, but I kept seeing seeing myself look at the fans and see the pods that were right by the camera and just go, man, I I'm so happy that they are there. Like I I really wanted to be there, obviously, but I was so happy that they were there and they were able to experience it. And, and I know talking to the guys the day before at the media day, they were all so excited, not just to be playing in New Mexico for the first time in ages, but to have fans there was so important to them. And, and, um, and you could hear the excitement in their voice when they talked about it. When you asked them a soccer question, they were like, yeah, it's the, but when you asked him about the fans, uh, Sergio was asked. He well. see that's a th- Sergio. Wasn't even asked about playing in front of the fans for the first time. He brought it up himself after he was asked about something else and he circled it around to, yeah, I can't wait to play tomorrow in front of new Mexicans for the first time being a new Mexican I'm super proud of them and proud of the, the support that the club has and all this stuff. And uh, I don't, don't quote me on any of that because I paraphrased all of it, but um, he, he (laughs) was just super excited to, he's just super excited to have fans. And it was a huge deal to him. And then Devin, of course, um, Devin's played in front of packed houses, but the other two up there were Sergio and Kalen and Kalen, Kalen still hasn't played in front of, a rowdy crowd at the lab. And I'm not sure he will this year either, because we will, will be restricted probably no, through he, the whole season.
1: He will. He will.
0: But I mean like 15,000.
1: He probably won't get to 15,000, which is okay. That'll be next season. Um what he will get from what I was talking to Peter and what he was saying is that the club is trying to push for 50%, 50 being five, zero. Um, right now as it stands, they're at 33%, which is why the, why they had to pick Mesa del Sol. So it could kind of feel Mesa del Sol and make it feel like a packed house just because of the number standing of it. Um, but yeah, so Peter was saying fifty percent and even at that at fifty so thirty-three percent of max capacity of the lab was like four thousand two hundred. Yeah, sounds about right. So fifty percent of max capacity is a Wednesday night game.
0: Well, fifty percent would be six between six and seven thousand, which would be lower than our lowest game last year or that your first year. Our first year, that Wednesday night game, the, the our first victory, was the lowest attendance we had, and it was over eight thousand. So it it won't be quite to that standard, but I mean, I can't wait for Kalen and some of these guys that haven't that played last year, but haven't played in front of a packed house, to play in front of that twelve to fifteen thousand crazy psycho fans that that we saw that first year.
1: Right, so part of so on Friday on Saturday, we did have a press conference after the match, which we will talk about the match eventually, um, maybe,
0: well, like I said, it was secondary, so I do want to get some of your thoughts since you were there and could see, but for the most part, I don't just give me all the little tidbits of stuff that I missed that I could have never seen on t v That's what I love,
1: right, so after the after the match. They threw up the press conference, which was kind of a surprise. We didn't expect it. No one really knew what was going on until we saw David Carl waving his arms. <laughs> like, hey, cool. We got invited to a press conference. Yeah, that's exactly how he was. Like, We're like, oh, I-, I think he's calling us. Cool. So we get over there, and we have Cello. We have Brucey. We have Coach, and we have Yearzy. Um, and one of the questions I brought up for cello was, um, "What's it like playing in front of New Mexicans, not who are tr- who are cheering for you, not against you?" Because he played in the lab in twenty nineteen or whatever season was before last. Twenty nineteen or whatever it was. Um, So he played in in RGV for 2019 in the lab, and he said it was pretty hostile. It was uncomfortable. It was not a fun place to be. But he is excited and ready to play for New Mexicans, cheering for him because he's ready for that. He was excited with the 500, I think, we had at Mesa del Sol over the weekend. If that, I don't even know if we hit 500. I think it was between three and four, but I could be wrong. It was somewhere there. Um, He was super surprised by that. So, judging, so seeing how the fans turned out on pretty much like last minute, selling out within three minutes, and then showing up, and the crowd is loud. The curse was mid season form. They were pissing mm-hmm. off Ketterers. They were pissing off the El Paso <laughs> players. Um, it, so one of the rules at the match was, if a ball comes into your pod, don't touch it. Well, our pods were square, and so was the penalty box. So when Dev was taking that penalty kick, the curse was also chanting to Logan Keterer not to touch the ball. <laughs> it was the best feeling in the world. And I cannot say it enough that the steps that the club took to get fans in there, the steps that the club took to keep the fans safe, that was the main thing was keeping fans safe, was top-notch. It was top-shelf. Everything they did was perfect. I'm sure they'll have some kind of change for the next home game. Um, judging that they had about 400 days of plan for this, um, they did perfect.
0: I love it. I love that they were able to pull it off. They were able to to have people there, and then at the last minute, like as last minute as last minute can get, they decided they were gonna stream it because so many people wanted to see and um you know, I talked about the stream briefly the the picture quality was a little rough. You said they were filming on a drone basically um I talked to Tyler it was on a tripod, but it was loose the first half. It looked a little bit better the second half, but my main problem was the angle because it just wasn't high enough. But they were like, yeah, we were filming in the back of Clint's truck, man. I don't know what, like, we couldn't do anything else. I mean, I was out there the day before. There's no s- infrastructure out there whatsoever. So right. I completely understood it. Um, but, you know, and I, I think they're going to try to stream the other two matches that we have at home. I think they'll do a better job. um, And, and they did that for the fans. It wasn't for them they made themselves look worse by doing it and not having like grade a quality stuff. So they, they did, they did the best they could in that amount of time for us uh, so that we could watch it. And that's what this team has done throughout its existence is, is try to provide for the fans and be there for us and the community. And, and um, I can't wait. So, you know, I, I hadn't really looked at the preseason schedule, like, fully um all season like i just looked at the home games and was like oh home games yes uh but i was looking at it earlier today and you know we've got soccer every week from here until the start of the season like we have colorado rapids on saturday in tucson then the guys get to go to san diego on april 3rd then we have two home games here: April 10th against Switchbacks, and April 17th against FC Tucson. And then they finish up playing Phoenix Rising um, on the 24th in a preseason match. So it we're there. We don't we don't get a break. We might not be able to watch the ones that are away. They might not have a streaming option. They might they might not. I don't know. But one thing is for sure: we'll. We'll be able to follow them on, on the websites at least, catch up on Twitter, see what happened. There's something to look forward to every week from now until the start of the season. And then as we're going to talk about here in a bit about the start of the season, like it's it's going to be awesome once that starts. So so as far as what you saw on the field, uh, because I, I'm dying to know uh, a few things. Um, you know what what kind of stood out uh both in a positive and a negative way um if anything, and uh did you get a sense that the club was putting a lot of stock into the fact that they lost or or was it just they felt confident they felt comfortable in what they were doing? It just didn't work out,
1: so it wasn't even that it didn't work out um so, I'll kind of start from the back end of your question and work my way in. Um, in that press conference at the end of the match, for some reason it didn't get recorded because I didn't press record my hand on my phone to David Carl. So, I'll take the blame on that one. First time doing <laughs> a press conference, I forgot to press freaking record. I was excited because I was at a home game. um, but Troy, Coach Troy did answer the question that was brought up by Kara Um, takeaways. Exactly like he said, it was a preseason game. It was our first one back. It our first preseason game. Um, this was mostly for the fans. We know where we're at and where we stand at. Um, we were, did a different couple things, such as different lineups. At one point, we were appeasing to the fans. And had seven New Mexicans on the field,
0: yeah, I saw that. I heard that actually. I didn't realize it at the time, but I did hear it.
1: I didn't realize it either until I went back and I thought about it, and yeah, we had devin, we had uh Sergio, we had
0: Schmidt and Suggs
1: schmidt and Suggs then,
0: and-, and then the three three academy kids,
1: yeah, like we had a ton um so. The stock in the, in the loss, no, this one was to knock off the rust. Welcome back to New Mexico. We got three more to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Four more to go. However many we have to go? Um, five. Five more to go. Right. Yep. Um. Takeaways. So, from my point, I didn't see anything negative. Um, and it's kind of hard to call it a negative, seeing that it was the first preseason game. I mean, preseason—you don't win trophies for preseason, so
0: you're not gonna throw shade at your boy Juan Pablo at all.
1: Uh, so preseason-wise, being the first match back, it, um, no, you know what. I'm going to walk back my my comments on Juan Pablo.
0: Oh, oh! oh. What?
1: What? Breaking and, news! And I will give him a fair shot this this year.
0: Why? Why the change of heart?
1: You see, I I, I don't know if that was like a trick question to walk away when, when you threw in some negatives. I don't know if you expect me to throw that as a negative or.
0: No, I just really, I, I just didn't, I couldn't see. So I I wasn't sure if, if somebody, cause I know that there was a penalty, which you said was soft at the moment when I think you said it was on Yearwood. So I wasn't sure if there was something there that could have been yeah. done better or, uh, which I mean, I'm mean, sure there was, obviously there wouldn't have been a penalty, but anything that stuck out in that kind of way, um, it's just, when you said nothing, you had nothing negative. I, I figured you would at least least throw a sneaky jab in at Juan Pablo Guzman.
1: Nope. Um, I watched Juan Pablo play, and he played his ass off. There were points in time where he was in the attacking front. He was constantly chasing the ball. He was not the Juan Pablo that we watched last year or year before he was energetic and he was constantly around the ball or asking for the ball or pursuing the ball nice so i was impressed with that part um i was impressed with how much intensity the club came out with they immediately came out firing i think off, the, off i think within the first 10 minutes we had God, I have to say like six shots. We had Devin attempt some bicycle kick. We had Ilya take some crazy shot. We had Sergio take shots. We had Suggsy was taking shots. We had players from last season that you wouldn't have seen take shots. Take shots. Um... It was different to see the club in a 352. Um, coach Troy said he was just trying to experiment. He likes where his roster is at and was seeing what else he can do with the roster. Um to see them come out in a 352 uh was different.
0: I don't know I've, we saw that some last year. I mean we would see, you know, there some combination of of tete Ryden hamilton Sally um yearwood some combination of those in the back and then we would see sugsy and yearwood or sugsy and brucey or somebody like that as more attacking wings um when we had the ball and dropping into a to a back five really when we were in in defense i mean we saw that some last year um we we saw three at the back anyways a lot last year, and uh, and um, so the the formation didn't really surprise me. I think I think go ahead. I think
1: I think what surprised me about the three five two was the fact that we didn't have help falling back. We didn't have Brucey falling back. We didn't have Suggsy falling back. We constantly had Brucey, Suggsy, Dev, Ilya and Sergio in the front attacking. Yeah. Like we constantly had a five man front, but then those, we would have Suggsy and, uh, Brucey fall back into the mid and get the ball back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like I, I said, I couldn't really see, um, I'm going to tell you a few things that I think I saw. And you tell me if you, if you saw what I saw or if you didn't notice it or if I was just completely wrong. But what it looked like to me was the first thing that stuck out was Brucey looked to attack way more this year than he did last year. Um, now, I know last year we kind of had him moving around a little bit, but, but I thought he looked great out there on what would have been the right side um, in that first half. All the way near the touchline, just or the sideline, just pushing and attacking. And he, I know he got a ball um, where he had a lot of space to work with in front of him. And he just drove right, right to the box, man. He didn't try to do anything fancy. He just drove right to the box, tried to make a play. It didn't work out. But, but I just loved his, his attacking mindset this year compared to what I saw last year where he seemed a little more timid and a little more defensive minded so is that right so you kind of just thing, talked about I, that so
1: right so yeah so i saw that as well that was one of the things that so i was in the same pod as uh andy Hagman or Hagman. sorry if i mispronounced your name um chris walker and adri cortina and all four of us were talking how we kept seeing brucey in the box we saw brucey in the box at a point it was brucey sergio and Dev in the box, and that was the point that you're just talking about, where Brucey, instead of taking the shot, he passed it to Dev. Uh, mm-hmm. I do believe that's where the penalty happened, and then Dev wound up scoring on the penalty. I
0: right, no, I think that was one. That was another time that it happened. But I think the first time I was thinking of wasn't it? But I could be wrong. It's it's all kind of a blur, and like I said, I couldn't see very well, anyways. But but good things happened when he attacked. Whether yeah, it led so to that was, penalty or not, it was nice. To yeah, just-
1: so he was playmaking a, a bunch. Like, he was constantly in the box. Um, I think if he would have taken those shots, it would have been a different story. I think would have been up 3-1, three, 3-2, three, whatever the final score would have been. Um, but Brucey, being the team player, decided to pass it to Dev or pass it to Sergio. And then history was whatever was written. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to see what they have, uh, Brucey doing and as well as Suggsy Suggsy was constantly in the box Mm -hmm. and he was on our side. So we had a better look at Suggsy Suggsy was constantly pushing, constantly fighting, constantly trying to get the ball in the box. If not taking that shot on his own.
0: And then, so another thing that I, I saw, I think I saw, um, was Illich kind of seemed to drop into that Weehan role where he he, he dropped back to play more of a 10 than a 9 and um, looked to kind of facilitate from the middle a little bit more. I, I even saw him drop all the way back to midfield to pick up the ball like Weehan did several times last year and turn and then go attack from there with the ball. Um, I, I talked to a few other people that were were there and just kind of ask them for who stood out in a positive and negative way, like I asked you. And uh, Illich was a name that I got back uh, from at least one more person. So, so is that, did you, did you notice Illich out there? Um, was he making plays? Was he, was he somebody that you stuck out a little bit?
1: Yes. Uh, Illich, um, Will be a great player on New Mexico United. Um, He, for one, is a team player. He's willing to do whatever coach wants him to do. Uh, For example, he was on the back line at one time. In the second half, he was on the back line helping out with the four. And then he would get the ball in the back and then take off. Uh, so that is a a good weapon to have. Um, uh, I'm sure if you go back a couple weeks or a couple months, when he was first signed, had our first signings coming in. Seth asked me who I thought was the signing of the off season. I'm still gonna stick with Ilya as the signing of the off season.
0: Yeah, I I think he's gonna be huge. And what what I thought was kind of funny was, you know if. If Amondo Moreno was healthy, um, I mentioned on a live that I did right after media day, but Amando Moreno and Harry Swartz were were out. Um, they did not appear in this match. Mainly, Coach said, as precautionary. He said that they could have played if it was a big enough game, but they just were being careful and didn't want to risk anything else. So they he held them out. And I was thinking when I saw the starting lineup that if Moreno's in there healthy, does he start right there over Illich? And then, so there's just so many things that I have no idea. Like I don't, I don't know if this starting lineup is the starting lineup that we're going to see come May first. But I do know that that it was, it was a very solid starting lineup, and that was without Harry Schwartz, Amanda Moreno, um, uh, Brian Brown had just got there the Friday that I went was his first practice. So he just wasn't up to speed with everything yet. So he didn't, he he didn't get as many minutes. So you're missing three. Yeah, he did still come in and, and still looked pretty good uh, from what I could see. So he
1: had one off the crossbar. He had one that was barely, barely deflected by the keeper. Um, He was, he was going. So, Striking wise, we're set. Midfield wise, we're set. Mm-hmm. Um good. We have a team that is so well rounded. I can't see any any flaw on the team. You look at the bench. We have an incredible bench. The and that's one of my my notes that I put here the biggest issue the biggest problem that coach Troy has right now is who his keeper is going to be
0: yeah i we he touched on that briefly on friday um and the keeper is something that i wanted to ask you about but um before that he 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 mentioned that he had a lot of pressure on him this year he felt like he had more pressure on him this year just trying to come up with a starting lineup every day like he he knows that he's gonna piss some people off if they're not out there because they're good enough to start but they're on a deep team where there's a lot of people that are good enough to start and he said I want that problem I want to have people mad at me because they're not starting and forcing me to make them start because that's just the depth of this team and we know so so to the keepers real quick um you know, Alex Stanbach has got announced as the new number one. Um he's uh has a has a U USL championship pedigree. Um He's he looked good on Friday when I watched him. I did think it was funny though because they they finished the drills that I filmed when I went live. Um they finished that and then they went to work on the the goalies in particular went to work on crosses coming into the box and how to handle them. And Alex was walking out with, uh, Peter, I, I, forgive me, Peter, I forget your last name, one of the coaches, uh, and was going to help him with delivering crosses from the box or into the box. And Peter said, do you want to participate in it? And as a goalie basically, And, and Alex was like, no, no, I need, I gotta, I'm, he was done. He was tired. He was uh, exhausted. And that's what the altitude has done to every single one of these players when they get here. So, um, I thought that was kind of, kind of funny, but I think Philip Philip made a name for himself a little bit. Uh, you know, you save a penalty, that's going to get some recognition. He, he looked good. Uh, other than that, um, from what I asked you, the, the goal that he did give up, there was nothing he could do about it. So, um he he looks like he could be a starting caliber goalie in the USL Championship it's just he's got a guy that started the last 5 years in the USL Championship and has more saves than anybody in the USL Championship in that time um and a guy that also looked pretty good and i thought made a couple big saves um in that second half when he came in so so what do we do there what do you think we do there
1: yes so, <laughs> I I would hate to be in Coach Troy's shoes right now because that right there is the hardest decision he's going to make all season. The hardest because Philip kicked ass, literally. Like he was incredible. Like I expected him to give up three goals or four goals, maybe. And then Alex do the rest of the afternoon. No. Philip off the bat, he was still cold, saved a saved a penalty. And then he had, I think, a couple more, three or four pretty impressive stops. And then just that stupid shot that literally caught the wind. Had it not been for 40 mile per hour winds that day, that's going left. I guarantee, if that trialist kid takes that shot ten more times, he misses it eleven.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't see like we talked about, but um, I I've been on. I was upset when they announced Alex as the new number one. Like I wanted Phil to get that chance, and for him to come out and do this um, against. El Paso, whether it was a trialist or not that scored the goal, whatever that case may be, um, it was still impressive. I mean, it wasn't a trialist taking a penalty kick. It was Nick Ross, who's one of their their main starters. It's been with them forever. So it's uh that was huge. And and I I I don't know what you do either though, because you know, with the field players, you're gonna rotate them. There's gonna be injuries, uh, people are gonna need breathers here and there. So like everybody's going to get minutes there, but I do think goalie is one of the ones where it's like, okay, this is my guy. I'm going to start him in 90% of the games. And then every once in a while, maybe I can let the other guy go. And when you have two keepers that are this good, I don't know how you figure that out. And what I think happened last year, what which is a little sneaky is we had three of those guys. Because Ben proved he could be a starting-caliber goalie when he was on loan at Reno. And now he's a starting-caliber goalie in Oakland. And we're going to see him, I'm assuming, as the opening-day starter. And I assume he's going to do really well. And then Cody went to the MLS. And now Phillip is in this position where we don't know who to start, him or a guy that's been in the USL Championship and been dominating for five years. Like, we have tremendous goalies. So... I don't, like you said, I don't I don't envy Coach right now for anything. Except for the only thing I will say is that he he probably can make mistakes this year with lineups and maybe formations and stuff. But we have the talent where it's going to bail him out this year. Like, no matter what starting lineup he puts out there, I'm going to be like, dang, that's a good-looking starting lineup. And that could be with anybody out there. Yeah,
1: the other thing that I want to mention
0: I, here... Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: That's all so right. I, was super I just have
0: one more name, but I'll do it after you.
1: I was super impressed with the starting lineup that he threw out this past Saturday. Um. I, like you said, I don't envy Coach for anything right now. But the one thing I do envy him for is how good of a squad he's built.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like if I was a rick shantz or a whatever the hell mark lowry's name is um if i was those two coaches i would be like damn it how the hell do i play these guys because if you figure out one person mm-hmm. so say you figure out it's gonna be tough. sergio rivas yeah so say you figure out for sergio rivas guess what? You also have Amanda Moreno to try to figure out. Now, now you have Harry Schwartz and now you have freaking JPG, which is crazy. That I'm going to say this who played lights out that day. It's weird for me to say that because I don't like the style of play that JPG does, but he literally played lights out.
0: And then you throw in Brian Brown, who you, you, you mentioned what he did with almost scoring several goals and that was with one day of practice with everybody imagine what it's gonna look like
1: yeah and that was yeah. Like eight minutes on the pitch like
0: yeah and imagine what he's gonna look like when he's out there at the start of the game when we're pressing like we were at the start of this game he's gonna have tap-ins left and right like i i called it uh, i i I'm almost positive you can go back and look at the record, but I said he was going to be our leading goal scorer by a lot this year. And and I I still think that's going to be true. But it's not going to be easy for him to be the leading goal scorer because Dev's going to get his, Amando's going to get his, Illich is going to get his. Guys like Brucey and Suggs are going to get some. Like we have the ability to score with the best of them this year, I think. And that was what we were missing last year, I think. Even with the way as good as Weehan and Amondo played, um you still have Amondo, you replace Weehan with Illich, you add Brian Brown in Romeo Parks' place. Um like I'm I'm scared for the league, uh what's gonna happen come May first. And it it's great. I like, I even with losing in a preseason game, which Guys, guys, let me talk to the El Paso fans here for a minute.
1: It's preseason.
0: One, it's preseason. Exactly. (laughs) Two, we didn't care if we won or lost. Nobody cared if we won or lost. We played in a freaking home game for the first time in almost two years. And we looked good. Yeah, the scoreboard might say 2-1. If you're going to brag about being the big brother now, you cannot point to a preseason match and a playoff match where you won in penalties. Because yes, you won. Correct. You you beat us. You moved on. Everybody knows penalty kicks are basically a 50-50 flip of the coin. And it means that the teams are pretty much Even. If you play 120 minutes and it's still tied. And then if you look at all the other games, we've lost to them in 90 minutes. We've lost to them once. We have beat them two or three times and we drew the rest of the time. You have had better success in the playoffs. I will give you that. That is undeniable. You've made it to the Western Conference Finals both years. Congratulations. Not going to throw shade there. Like, that's a legit congratulations. You deserve to be there, obviously, since you got there. Kudos. If you're going to talk crap, though, you cannot use preseason and a PK shootout whatsoever. You just can't. So, and you know who I'm, if you're listening to this, you know I'm talking about you. Because you know what, we had the same conversation on Facebook. You know.
1: Does homie's name but, start with a J?
0: I believe so, Yes. I, I, I honestly don't even I don't even know his name. I just know him by the guy that posts the ridiculous El Paso, New Mexico memes in the USL fan page. Oh, yeah, um,
1: yeah it, it starts with a J. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah.
0: And I'm just like, what are you doing, dude? Like, I get it. It's a rivalry. Blah, blah, blah. Every chance you get, you're going to talk crap. Whatever. You just Just don't. Just don't. If you're a Phoenix fan. Yeah, you can talk shit. All you want to us right now, because you beat us five to two last year, and you made it farther in the playoffs, both years. I will tip my hat to you and say you're right. You are the better club up until this point, but that doesn't mean you're going to be the better club going forward. It doesn't mean anything. So, just just stop talking, El Paso fans. And we, uh, we will see them the second week of May, um, which we'll get to in just a second. Um, but just, just don't talk about preseason guys. It's preseason. Like, come on. Really? I don't understand.
1: So, so I think I know the name that you're going to touch on a while ago that was missing from the lineup. Our Ugandan National who was yeah, Ugandan National oh, who was yeah. not on the team.
0: A zero. Yeah, totally forgot about him because he's gone. Yeah. No, but there was another name. There was another name of somebody that actually played that I thought he, he impressed me. Um I didn't expect much out of him. Aiden. Um yeah, yeah, dude. This kid went in there and played against men and held his freaking own. After being announced the day before, like, and he was not. He picked up a yellow. Yeah, like, dude, I was like, "Who's this kid?" And when is when is he going to play for us? Like, I can't. And then, and then to to name another uh, academy player, I I couldn't see him during the match during the El Paso game, but during practice the day before, he really stuck out to me. And that was Amando Munoz. Oh, crap, sorry, Amando. I don't remember your last name uh, officially, but um, he looked impressive to me in practice. So I'm like, dude, these kids. Like, if we can hold on to them and develop them, and, and they start, like, it it's got to be crazy to them to be able to play with Dev, Azira, Kalen, all these guys. They're just Armando like if they Moreno. can learn yeah, like, like these are guys that you want to be, or you you, you want to be, you might even want to be better than them, but they're a great, great player to learn from and to learn how to contribute to this USL championship club. And, and can you imagine if we, I know that our dream are, well, I know that the coaches goals this year, are championship, like that is what they are looking at. Like it's, They're not going to talk about... I mean, they're going to take it one game at a time, but that one game at a time, the last game that they think about, they want it to be a USL Cup. And could you imagine for somebody like Aiden and Amando and Andres Robles and um, a couple of these other players that are going to get minutes with us, Like, can you imagine being 18, 19, 17, 16, playing with these guys during practice, winning a cup with these guys, and then growing up, underneath them and then eventually taking their spot and winning a cup again. Um, Like I'm super excited about not just this year, but the future in general. And coach talked about that.
1: Something that stood out with the Academy kids was how much coaching on the field they were getting from the likes of Josh, so Kalen right in and dev like dev and them dev and the veterans were walking Aiden through. Hey, look, take it this way. Instead of instead of committing that foul, take it this way. Instead of doing mm-hmm. this, go around that way. They were. You could constantly see the coaching ha- coaching happening on the field. That Troy didn't have to coach a game because he has mm-hmm. so many field coaches that he can literally kick his feet back in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. That's a good point. I, I, I couldn't see that or hear it, but it doesn't surprise me in the least. Um, these guys, they they love it. It, it. it gets thrown around a lot with United, and it, it can kind of be off-putting or kind of make you roll your eyes when they say family instead of a team or an organization. Like, this is about family, 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 family. But, man... You go to practice? Like at practice? I saw it, dude. Like I saw how close knit this team already was and they were it was brothers. They were all brothers out there, dude. Messing around, joking around. It was Harry's birthday. Um so he did the run through the tunnel where they spray him with water. Um Dev and somebody were at the end of it with a whole two, three-gallon jug of Gatorade that they poured on him at the end.
1: I think it was Ilya.
0: It might have been. I don't remember. But
1: I I saw the video on Instagram.
0: Yeah, but, like, they just love each other already, man. Like, walk-in day one. Like, Brian... Brian wasn't necessarily joking and smiles as much because I think he was trying to learn about tactics and stuff like that. But they talked about it at the press conference that I was at. I heard him talk about it at the press conference that you were at. Um, Like they just, they love each other. The chemistry is already through the roof. Um, Sergio mentioned that he thought that he, he felt like the chemistry they had was some of the best he's ever experienced. And they've only been practicing together for three weeks. And that's just like the core of them have been practicing together three weeks. There's been a bunch of guys that have come in later. So, man i'm I'm super excited for this 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 year this club the coach uh coach even talked about sustainability um for this organization to where it's it's not it's not like uh like the warriors in basketball where they're just bringing in these one year guys trying to patch it together to win a championship that year it's about keeping these guys together. For a long time and making it sustainable and making us a perennial championship contender. Like, if you look at our roster, I don't know exactly how many off the top of my head, but I'm going to try to guess or I'm going to try to name them. You got Tete, you got Yearwood, you got Suggs, you got Schmidt, you got Devin, you got Brucey, you got, ooh, let's see, let's see, let's see, Guzman. You've got, I think that might be it, but you've got seven, six, seven, eight guys that have been on the club for three years now. Look at every other USL roster. Beigel. Aside. About, oh you yeah. Philip Cause he, he wasn't on the roster the first year, but he was with the club. He was with um, the club though. Right. Yeah. So, so you look at these other rosters and that's, you look at like Phoenix and you look at Louisville city and you look at Tampa Bay rowdies and you look at these clubs that are always at or near the top. That's what they do is they keep a core together and they bring them back and they just add talent around them. And so we're doing that here and we're doing a damn good job of it. So I cannot wait to see what not just this year wins, not what just this year leads to, but next year and the year after that and the year after that. Like if we don't win a cup in the next four years, I'll be shocked. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if we win two. So
1: it has to hit four.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited about this year. And, uh, unless you got anything else that you want to add about this weekend, um, you're giving me the let's go sign then. So, so let's jump right into it, man. We got the first four games. Um, I don't, not very many other teams got their first four games announced, but we are in RGV's home opener, which is the first match of the season may may 1st um i don't think it i don't think they announced times but times are irrelevant at this point anyways because it's so far out but so we got rgv may 1st to start the season that's a win right it should be should be should be
1: so what i like what i like about that one is that is cello's return home
0: yeah and we get to play ron um always nice getting to see ron um, like that, I think that's a great first game because it's, it's not going to be like a El Paso Phoenix, uh, uh, rivalry where we get all amped up, you know, we're going to be able to go over there. We're going to be able to kind of ease into it. Um, you know, if we lose, it's not the end of the world. Uh, nobody will be bragging about it for no real reason on Facebook. Um, <laughs> so it's it's a it's a good first match to me and then and then a week later El Paso's home opener will travel down there to find out who Big Brother is for the week and and that right there I I think it's perfect to go RGV El Paso to me Um, it's like a nice little nice little start where there's not a lot of pressure whatever happens happens and then we kind of get our feet wet with that. And then, bam, we go right into El Paso. Um, of course, we got to play in El Paso for like the 20th time in the last year and a half. But um, I'm super excited for that one. And then, so, you know, we get two, two road games to start, whatever. Uh, and then the big one, May 15th at the lab with hopefully... Four to six thousand people in it. We get Austin Bold, uh, a team who I think is going to be pretty good this year. But May fifteenth, May freaking fifteenth, less than two months away, we will have a home game at the lab with fans. Man, I that place. I don't care if there's two thousand people in that place. It's going to be loud as. Shit.
1: <laughs> it was loud this past weekend with 400 people. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine getting a thousand people in there. Much less 50%, 3000 or 6000 or whatever the fuck the number might mm-hmm. be. Either way, getting more than a thousand fans in the lab is a win for one. Mm-hmm. Getting the club in the lab is a second win. Um, having loud fans freaking smoke bombs got the damn curse. You, you,
0: We're going to have can't the drums lose that
1: game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you have all the noise behind you to piss off Austin bold. I cannot freaking wait. I can't do that. May, I, May 15th cannot come sooner.
0: And, and I think much like yesterday or this past on Saturday, that's not going to be about soccer that day. Like, yeah. I I want them to win, of course, but if they lose, I'm going to leave that building with a smile on my face no matter what. To to have played all of our games on the road last year, to win a playoff game last year, to have all these new faces, all this new talent, all this... we Like, I look back at the first year and what those home games were like and what they went to New Mexico, and um, it—I'm not sure if you saw, but um, Eliana Molina, she's the Peter's Peter's right hand right hand woman. Um, she lost her dad today. Um, oh, I, didn't, I didn't. hear and the, that. yeah, she she lost her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, and the and the club put up a video of him talking to the team. And, and what New Mexico had meant to him and to this, this state and how much it was needed in this state and, and that game on May 15th is, is going to be about that. It's going to be about what new, what New Mexico United has meant to New Mexico. And I the fact that, dude. Oh dude, me too. Me too. It, <laughs> it's about that and about what the, what the club has meant to this state. And the fact that we were robbed of being able to watch them last year, and it's going to have 575 days worth of buildup to that moment, and that place. No, no matter what happens during the match, that place is is going to be the epicenter of everything in New Mexico that day.
1: So I'm all about like sentimental bullshit like that. Um. For one, I mean, I got goosebumps just by you talking, and those are real freaking goosebumps, by the way. Um, Another goosebumpy feeling is one of New Mexico's area codes is 575.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: To be able to play your first mm-hmm. home game in the 505, 575 on the 575th day, you can't write a better story than this.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I'm. It's, it's insane, dude. It's, it's, uh, it's been such a long time coming that, can you, can you remember that October game when we played Vegas? Cause that was the last time we were in the lab with fans.
1: I vividly remember hopping the barrier because I had my stupid wristband for press Hmm. At like the last possible minute, and I remember running to you because I was a little freaking fangirl at the time mm-hmm. and <laughs> tears of happiness and watching the curse because that's where we're at in the right there in the curse section, watching the curse stay there for two and a half hours after the matches ended. Mm-hmm. Getting hats thrown at you, getting everything thrown at you. I have one of those hats somewhere. I don't even know where I put it. Um, Yes, I remember that. That is one of the moments of New Mexico United history that I remember. And that is one of the moments that I cannot wait to reenact. Even if it's not a playoff game, I expect to stay at the lab on May 15th after the match ends for a good three, three and a half hours.
0: Yeah. Like it's, it, I, I'm going to be so exhausted after I leave there though. Like it's going to be so emotionally draining. Like I I understand, like if you're a fan of another team of another club, if you're an El Paso fan, if you're a Phoenix fan, if you're a Reno rest in peace fan, um, (laughs) To not understand what we're talking about here. Like, I understand that you don't get it, and that's fine. But what New Mexico United has meant to us, me and Seth, or me and Earl and Seth individually, um, words cannot express how, how much the club means to me from a personal level. Like, forget soccer. Forget sports, like the the connections that I've made with people like Earl, like Seth, um, Tony Soler, who now is is a is a friend of mine. He he was a player. He wrote for us, um, and now I consider him a friend. Uh, and he's from Spain. Like I would never I would never met anybody from Spain and been that good of friends with him if it wasn't for New Mexico United. Like just the things that it's done and the relationships that it's made. Um, and for us to be able to finally join together back at the lab and celebrate and, and, um, you know, of course we'll, we'll social distance, but man, I'm not, I'm not going to be surprised if, if you see some people hugging that, uh, that might maybe shouldn't hug, but man, it's been so long and everybody's like family that, you know, we're going to, it's going to be an emotional day. And I, I, like, nah. Like you said, goosebumps and just, just everything about it, man. It's just, I can't wait. It's gonna be to have that date now. Like, as as soon as I get a, as soon as we switch our calendar over to May, that that date's gonna be circled and starred, and like, <laughs> it it's gonna be huge. Like, I, I cannot freaking wait.
1: So I then, almost. I almost wish that they didn't tell me that date.
0: I understand. It, it's going to make it go by so slow, I think, but I I'm excited. Like we were talking about it before we, before they announced it today. I said, Hey guys, I, I think they might announce the schedule in the next coming days. That's what I'm hearing. And of course, both of you were like, Oh, it's going to be a couple of weeks. And I was like, why'd you got to be a buzzkill? Why? And then sure enough, Right after lunch, I get texts from Earl. This date, this date, this date, this date. And then after I get off work, that was, I well, that was
1: during lunch. I'm not gonna condone yeah. my actions, but I was literally <laughs> driving down my road texting oh, in excitement.
0: Yeah. And and then as soon as I get off work, I pull up the I pull up Facebook and sure enough, right there, front and center, New Mexico United posts the four games that that we get to announce and and uh we're in a a, kind of a strange predicament because we're playing in three other people's home openers so we got the first four matches of our schedule um i'll mention the next game is going to be uh the 23rd 22nd um 21st 21st okay and that's going to be the stadium opener for Colorado Springs is new place. Um, which I think would be hilarious if we get a large contingency of New Mexico United fans to travel to that game, since we basically own that stadium and that state anyways. Right.
1: And I can see that happening. I mean, our home away from home last season had a pretty good turnout. Yeah. Exactly. I think I, I'm pretty sure those tickets sold out within like 15 minutes. And I think the eight minutes was either slow internet. Cause we're in New Mexico and we suck at having good internet speeds. Just you or suck, someone that too, or someone trying to figure out, well, shit, is it COVID safe?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, so we've got RGV May 1st, El Paso, the next week may 8th um home opener may 15th and then over there may 21st in Colorado Springs so we know the first four we know the order we know where we're going to be playing after the first month are we at the top of the group yes I, th- I i i tend to agree like i don't care that we're playing three games on the road like we played all of our games on the road last year so um, See,
1: so, so here's here's my here's my outlook. Um, just from what I saw this past weekend, judging by that, the club is super hungry. Uh, the club is ready. Um, I am willing to buy you a beer, another one because I already owe you one. I'm willing to buy you Namaste. another one. If the club is not at 12 points after May 21st.
0: You're on. You're on. No, no, actually, I take the back. You're not on because I think the same thing. I want the same thing. I'm not going to put any bad karma on it. So how about this? If they're at 12 points, we buy each other a beer and call it good.
1: (laughs) Deal. Deal.
0: Because I don't. I see us beating RGV. The El Paso one is the only one that I think might be a draw. I I no. don't see us losing it, but it might be a draw. But the rest of them,
1: I don't. See a draw. I don't see a draw. I see goal after goal after goal. Oh, dude! Save after save after save.
0: I cannot. So we beat them three nothing in year one at the lab it would make me beyond happy if we can just go in there on May 8th and just lay the smackdown on them and just three, four, five nil. I would be so happy. That's a game you can talk shit about. That's a game you can post on Facebook and be like, ha ha ha, little brother. No, not not preseason, but that's a kind of game that you could be doing that kind of stuff about. And Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. I can't wait. So we're a little over a month away to the first match. Um, a little over two months or a little under two months away to the first home match. We talked about what it means for us. Um, I'm, I am sure that we're speaking for Seth when we say that we're beyond excited for that home opener. Um, I, at this point, I don't even know, I don't even know what else to, what else to say, man. Like, we got a date, we got a, an opponent, we've got preseason to look forward to still. Um, like, I know in less than a month, I will be at Mesa del Sol, preferably with you or Seth, watching a match for the first time, for me, anyways. Preferred
1: all of us. That'd be nice if we had all of us.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure because they're limiting to the two to everyone. So I don't know how we would get a, get all three of us in there unless we could sneak one of you, one of us into a fan pod. But um, I'm I'm super excited about it. Uh, I can't I can't even begin to imagine what it's gonna feel like on April f- or May fifteenth. Um, I mean, we're here, dude. We're here preseason started we've already seen a game we got the regular season part of the regular season schedule like it's real it's happening um to quote uh i don't remember who exactly it is it's it's a character that doesn't really matter but to quote seinfeld an episode of seinfeld they're real and they're spectacular so i'm going to tweak it just a little bit say it's real and it's spectacular that we have
1: you know i'm gonna top you on your seinfeld quote okay and I'm going to go with the guy who founded the thing behind your back.
0: We're doing, We're doing it. it. We're doing it again. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. It It's crazy what the club has done and meant to us anyways. Um, and it's just going to be such a release on May 15th that uh, I guess, like I said, I don't care how many fans are there. That place is going to be freaking loud you know they're gonna hit that magic minute at 1912 and it's gonna go freaking crazy for a minute and five seconds or seven seconds whatever it is till 2019 2018 um like hey I, I can't wait i can't wait i'll be up in the press box well actually i don't watch the games from the press box usually but i'll be there upstairs recording every second of that ma- magic minute um just because that's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. I can't imagine. I have, I probably haven't heard anything as loud as I've heard the lab since I was at the lab last. And I drive a motorcycle and I ride with people who ride motorcycles. And, and that's, the lab is the loudest place I think I've been in a very long time, if not the longest time. I think the pit might get louder when the Lobos are actually good. Man,
1: but, I I don't know because that magic minute gets pretty freaking loud. It does,
0: does it? Or like, when we score, dude. Yeah, yeah. When there's a goal, that place just freaking erupts. So, like, I don't even know,
1: know what would happen if we scored during a magic minute.
0: We've done it once. It was Santi against uh, Real Monarchs the day my youngest son was born, and I wasn't there we scored, it had just started and he scored. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, cause the magic minutes gets loud. And then if we score, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a bump to make it even louder. So yeah, man, I can't wait. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop gushing. I'm going to let you say any last thoughts that you have. And then, uh, I, I think we'll wrap it up after that. We'll get to bed a little bit early without Seth.
1: Man, damn it, Seth. So, first off, I want to obviously thank the club for what they put on this past weekend. Um, super incredible. It was very heartwarming to see humans in person at a soccer game in New Mexico for the club that we all love. Um, so, for that, I thank the club for all their efforts. Um And kind of a more somber note, uh, my thoughts and prayers, and I'm probably speaking for Jacob as well and probably Seth as well, go out to Colorado as long as I wore this shirt today. um, Thoughts go out to Colorado and the families of the 10 victims that died yesterday. Um, I don't have any words or any thoughts for what would happen if that situation were in my case. So I don't really have anything. Other than that, I mean keep wearing your masks. Keep staying safe. If you feel like getting vaccinated, by all means register. If you feel like getting tested, test. Just make sure you stay home. Um That's all I got. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna add on to that one.
0: Yeah, um I second that. Um the victims in Colorado. Sucks. Uh, we we had a little break from this kind of stuff uh, while we were dealing with a pandemic that killed hundreds of thousands at the same time. So we had a break from one tragedy just for another tragedy, basically. But um, for them, uh, Eliana, you and your family, um, yeah, I, I never officially met your dad, but I knew who he was still. And um, it's just, it sucks. Uh, the circle of life gets everybody. Um, but you have a a giant family to help you get through it in New Mexico United. So our, our thoughts and prayers go, go with you and your family as well. And, um, you know, I think, I think we've all dealt with losses, uh, this past year. Um, Earl, I know your wife lost her dad recently. Um, we lost, uh, uh Sierra Duran lost her dad. She's a member of, of, uh, the curse as well. She, she was in the fantasy football league that we did. Um, not la- not this past season, but the season before. Um, so Seth, uh, Seth's wife lost her brother. Um, uh, my mom lost her grandmother. So, so we've all dealt with it. It's all been a tough year. Um, it's it. 2020 sucked 2021 has been better in ways and worse in other ways but but um when you're part of the new mexico united family one thing that we have to look forward to is that you know may 15th like we've said that's that's all going to be out the window man it's just going to all be love and and family together and and um you know you there's going to be such an emotional release from everything that we've dealt with over the 2020 and and this first part of 2021, that, that, um, there's going to be tears shed on May 15th. I can almost guarantee it. Um, I I think I will probably cry. I think Earl will probably cry. Um, Seth's kind of a robot, so I'm not sure, I'm not sure his tear glands work. Um, (laughs) but he'll, he, he'll be emotional at least. I know that much. Um, so yeah, I, I can't wait guys. We got a little bit of time that we still got to get through another month and a half or so, but, but it'll be here and we made it through. We'll get there. Um, so just everybody stay safe. Like Earl said, wear your mask, get vaccinated. If you feel inclined, get tested. If you feel inclined, uh, just be safe, be smart. We've been dealing with this for over a year. So, um, despite what you're, political thoughts and views of this whole thing are. I don't care. Um what I care about is people being safe, uh people being healthy and us being able to go watch freaking New Mexico United on May 15th. So um I, th- I I I think we decided that we were gonna go weekly. Um so I think we will be back next Tuesday. Uh I'm not a hundred percent sure uh, we'll see what happens between now and then. We'll have a we'll have a preseason match result to look at, but we won't really have. I don't think we'll have video of it or or anybody over there that can actually talk about what they see. But well, we can talk about that. Hopefully, we'll have the rest of the schedule. Um, I don't know for sure, but we might. Uh, so we'll see. We we might be back. We might not. Um, but we'll be back in in at least a couple weeks. And um, yeah, I just finally got a date, man. I, I can't get past that. I know you, you mentioned wishing that we didn't have, it, or some part of you was wishing we didn't have a date, but, but, uh, it just fills my heart with, uh, a lot of joy that we, we have something to look forward to and, and know that it's going to happen and we're going to be in the lab and, and, um, man, it's going to be great. So as always, check us out on social media. Um, Somos Mas, am. Uh, on all platforms, and check us out individually on Facebook. Um, I think Earl and Seth have. Well, I know Seth has a personal Twitter. I don't know if Earl has a personal Twitter. Um, I do have a personal do? Twitter,
1: and I also have a personal Instagram now.
0: Yeah, so uh, we're also on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Um, I don't think Seth is because Seth is a curmudgeon uh, at times, and uh, and I say these things in love, Seth. I know you're going to be listening to this. Um, I would say it if you were here. I'm not talking bad about you behind your back. I would I would say it right to your your camera filled face right here, your gorgeous lit up green screen behind you face. Um, but
1: how much did he ahead. have to pay you to? How much did he have to pay you to say that?
0: Nothing actually. Um, he 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 does all the stuff that I don't want to do with the podcast. He edits it and puts it up and everything like that. So, I mean, he's going to edit this one. Uh, We're just here recording. So we have something for him to edit. Um, And uh, you know, he's, he's been instrumental in keeping uh, what was formerly Somosinos news alive um, over last year. um, As far as not just being Earl talking to people on Facebook, because that's what it was. That's what it would have been last year if it wasn't for Seth and his website and the podcast.
1: And we all know I'm pretty terrible at that part now.
0: Yeah. So, so, um, I need to teach you how to hold the phone at a better angle so we can't see your nose hair when you're listen, going live. Listen,
1: Logan tried this shit with me the first year. I told him to fuck off. Uh, I'll be a little bit more nice with you and tell you to go fly a kite.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Just know that it wasn't me that pointed it out. My wife goes, can somebody teach Earl how to hold the camera when he goes live? Because he 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 holds it down here, and you, it, it, can somebody teach him? I was like, I'll mention it, but I don't know how it'll go. Okay. Yeah, and,
1: it, it it won't go good. Trust me, I've tried yeah, this before, so, and it didn't work out. Obviously.
0: So. So I guess we get what we get, and we don't throw a fit because neither of us really want to do it, anyways. So. And.
1: Um, You can't fire free labor.
0: This is true. This is true. Although we lost a lot of people after year one. And I don't know if that was them quitting or us firing them or a mixture of both. But um,
1: (laughs) I can tell you you one thing. I didn't fire anybody.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think we really fired anybody. It was more like, hey, um, get your shit together or get out. Uh, But Like I said, catch us on social media. You can get a hold of us all day, all there. Uh rate and review the podcast. Uh if you would, please. We always like to see uh what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what we can do better, um, what we need to stop doing. <laughs> so
1: And if you have any comments, please private message us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um look, we're humans. There's three of us. Um All of us have day jobs. All of us have um, families of some sort, at least significant others. Um, Like, we make mistakes. I apologize. Um, Most of the time, the mistakes are honest mistakes. So just reach out to us personally. uh, Message the page. You know, me and Earl have access to that. Message us on Twitter, whatever you want to do. Um, And we'll get it cleaned up. Like, we're here we are here for unity and huh? Yeah. For, for you you. guys. Yeah. We're here for you guys. So, so we're not trying to ruffle feathers. We're not, we're not, we're not bad people. (laughs) Um, so just reach out, reach out there and, and, um, and we'll take care of it and handle it appropriately. So, um, but until next week guys maybe the week after we'll see um stay safe keep your mask on social distance as much as you can and uh in in six weeks whatever it is we will be uh watching new mexico united at the lab so really until then guys it's almost the news You've been listening to Somos Moss,
1: your source for the latest news on New Mexico United and weekly discussions about the sports world at large. All shows are recorded live from New Mexico using Zencaster and are edited using Audacity. Each and every show is produced and edited by Seth Bedoff
0: and Jacob Terrell.